Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. I went to a few boutiques in the city, like clothing boutiques, to basically pitch them the idea and see if they would be willing to give me their space for free um, and work on it with me. And the first boutique that I went to shut me down super hard. And they, <laughs> I wouldn't even go to that event. Like, no way. I was like, okay, cool, not a big deal. I'm just gonna leave. Um, and so fortunately, some of my girlfriends were there with me and they were like, Shelby, don't even worry about it. Like, I couldn't believe that was going to happen. Like, your idea is great. Like, keep on going. In today's episode, we're joined by Shelby Wildgust. Shelby is equal parts entrepreneur and passionate employee. Shelby's the founder of Naked Networking Events, a women-only, no-makeup, no-judgment experience. She's also a corporate coach and leadership trainer for Vector Marketing. Shelby gives us some amazing tips on how to prepare for your next speech or presentation, how to find harmony between running a business and working a full-time job, and how to get over the fear of no to reach your professional goals. So if you're ready, let's dive in. This episode of the She Shines podcast is brought to you by Ana Ono. Ana Ono creates bras, sports bras, loungewear, swimwear, and more for women with breast cancer by women with breast cancer. Choosing Ana Ono means choosing to be a part of a community of women thriving at all stages. Founder and designer Dana made it her mission to design specifically for women who have had breast reconstruction, breast surgery, mastectomy, or are living with other conditions that cause pain or discomfort because she believes that beauty and comfort should not be a compromise. Here at She Shines headquarters, we are actually obsessed with the page wrap front sports bra. We each wear it all day long without any lines or discomfort. Head over to tiny.cc slash sxsbra or visit the link in our show notes of this episode to shop for $15 off any full price item. That's tiny.cc slash sxsbra. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast. Today we're sitting down with Shelby Walgus. Shelby, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule <laughs> to sit with oh us. <laughs> she only has approximately 1 million things going on right now. <laughs> so we're super honored that you've, that you've taken the time to join us today. Oh my gosh. I'm super honored that the two of you even thought of me as a guest. So I'm really excited to be here. And I said it in the beginning when we jumped on the Zoom call here, I'm just really grateful that you have both been so patient with me as I am juggling, like you said, a million and one things. Yes, I think we're all juggling <laughs> a million things, which is why we're so excited to chat with you today and dive into a little bit of how you managed to execute all of your million things so well. Um, so can you tell us where you're from and the current job slash jobs <laughs> currently holding? Sure. So I am born and raised outside Philadelphia in Montgomery County, a little town called Bluebell. 
I currently live in Northern Liberties in Philadelphia. So loving being in the city. I'm a city girl at heart. So it's been great being here um, in terms of what I currently do. So corporately speaking, I hold a position with a company called Vector Marketing. And Vector Marketing is the direct sales arm of a American-made knife brand called Cutco Cutlery. The position that I hold with Vector Marketing is that of the technical title is Sales Development and Leadership Coordinator or Sales Development and Training Coordinator. I honestly don't even know what my technical title is, but what I can tell you is that it's a long way of saying that I'm a corporate coach and trainer. Um, so I speak on stages. I do coaching calls with our most junior managers. It is my dream job. I love every minute of it. And then outside of that, I am the founder of Naked Networking Events, which is a, um, it's always hard to explain it because it's ever evolving, but the best thing I can say is that it is a space for women to come together to talk about what it means to remove the mask that we so often hide behind in society. I absolutely love that. Um, I'm, I know Alex has been to a naked networking event in the past, or a few. Um, I moved away before I could attend one. I'm really <laughs> bummed about it, but hopefully I can get up to Philly and get back to one really soon. But that's one of the reasons we're so excited to have you on today is because what you do both in, you know, in your corporate life, as well as outside of that with Naked Networking, so aligns with our community. And we just see such tremendous value that you're bringing to women's lives and just bringing them together. And like you said, taking off the mask, it's such a beautiful thing you put together. Can, uh, can you say a little bit before we dive into like the really like tangible things, kind of where that came from the whole idea of removing the mask? Yeah. So it actually goes a little bit further back than most people know. So in 2016, right as I was graduating from University of Delaware, I was given this opportunity to give a TED talk. And the title of my talk was The Masks We Hide Behind. And during my message, I went into depth about my story going throughout middle school, high school, and even my first and second year of college of you know these two different parts of me. One part of me was this entrepreneurial, driven, business-minded, you know, leader that I saw myself as. And then the other part of me was this party girl, popular girl, at times easy girl. Like there are all these different labels that I wore um, throughout high school specifically because I was so afraid that if I were to step into who I thought or who I knew I was, that I would be judged and excluded from the group that I thought I wanted to be part of. Um, and I don't regret anything of my high school years. I mean, I have some funny stories from my time as the party girl um, <laughs> that I could have, probably have a comedy show just talking about those kinds of stories. Um, but it was an important lesson for me to learn that it's okay to fully embrace who you are, who I was, who I am, without fear of judgment. So the TED Talk was really the seed that planted this whole idea of the masks we hide behind. And then honestly, you both play actually a really big role in Naked Networking beginning. I don't know if you know this, but- what? I had no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, in 2019, I made it a goal to get more out and about in the Philadelphia area. 
And I knew that one of the easiest ways to do that was to go to networking events. And I signed up for a bunch on meetup.com. I found some on Instagram. I found She Shines. And I was like, this sounds so cool. And I remember looking through your stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, like this, these are two women that are doing it right. And I went to, um, I went to a few networking events that were not associated with She Shines. I don't honestly know where they were associated with, but I went there and I was like, oh, if this is how I'm going to get out and about in the city, like I don't want to get out and about at all. <laughs> and it was honestly the experience of having to put the mask on in order to feel like I fit in at this networking event. And I really didn't vibe with that. And I honestly don't remember what came first, if it was me thinking of the idea of naked networking or your spring social. And I think, I think I thought of the idea of naked networking right before, cause I brought my little cards to your spring social, but I remember looking at your spring social and be like, Oh, this is so cool. I could see myself creating something similar to this, but different. Obviously I didn't want to just take the she shines idea. Cause I love what you were doing so much. And so I remember sitting, I was working from home one day and I was just like, I can do something like this. Like I, I want to create another space for women to, to gather and, and to get together. And, um, I was a marketing major at Delaware. I just been watching, um, I was rewatching my Ted talk for something else that I was doing. And there's a line in my Ted talk that says, get naked. And so this idea of naked was in my mind. Um, and just naked networking kind of came to me. And I was like, huh, like that kind of rolls off your tongue. Mm -hmm. It sounds interesting enough. Like what could make it really interesting? And then I thought, well, what if we had people get naked? Just Just like, well, what if we had people take off their makeup? And we talked about what it meant to remove the mask. And they start off by removing the figurative mask or the physical mask. And then we talk about the figurative mask. And it it just all of a sudden kind of like came to me and it feels like it was an overnight success, but it really was a culmination of so many years kind of working through this whole process for myself. Sure. I I thought, okay, this is an idea. Like this really could have have wings. And um, I didn't know how I was going to create it. I didn't have a following at the time. I felt like I was a really, really, really small fish in a really, really, really big pond. So I went to a few boutiques in the city my clothing boutiques to basically pitch them the idea and see if they would be willing to give me their space for free um, and work on it with me. And the first boutique that I went to shut me down super hard. And then, <laughs> I wouldn't even go to that event. Like, no way. I was like, okay, cool. Not a big deal. I'm just going to leave. Um, and so fortunately, some of my girlfriends were there with me and they're like, Shelby, don't even worry about it. Like, I couldn't believe that was going to happen. Like, your idea is great. Like, keep on going. And so I went to the next place and it happened to be Snack Parlor. And those girls are amazing over there. Yes, yes. Snack Parlor. Behind Naked Networking because they do so much in the city for females together. Mm -hmm. And so seeing them and seeing She Shines, I was like, obviously Philadelphia is like a really ripe environment for something like this. Yeah. Um, So I went and I presented the idea to Casey, who's one of the um, associates there. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love this idea you send me an email? We have nothing planned for June. Like we'd love to have this in June. And here it was the end of April. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. That's like a month and a half away. Like in my mind, I thought it would be, I don't know, maybe 
August or September, but thank goodness that she said, let's do it in June because it got me into action. And, yeah. um, you know, that was kind of the, where, where everything started. I, I love, that. love that so much, especially I remember following you like while all these posts and everything was going on. So it's so cool to hear the behind the scenes of how you managed to do all this. And I, I love a few things that you said that basically how Naked Networking started from you solving your own problem, which was you didn't see the type of networking event that you could thrive in and that you really wanted to go to, which is very similar to how <laughs> She Shine started as well. Uh, and secondly, I love how you were able to use an event like She Shines to inspire you to say, mm -hmm. you know what, I can do this because I feel like sometimes a lot of women get the idea and rather than running with it, they say, well, someone else is already doing it, so why me? you know? Mm -hmm. And I also loved how you got past that fear of no. And you were like, you know what, whatever, you don't want me, someone else is going to want my business instead. So three amazing points. And I just, I really love what you stand for and, and how you manage to persevere still while working a full-time job and figuring out how to get naked networking off the ground. So do you think there's there's any professional or personal skills that you've learned in your full-time job that have helped you to thrive as this successful entrepreneur? Oh, for sure. I was actually just sharing this with somebody. I had a coaching call today with a young woman who was, it was more of a mentorship call because she wanted to know how I was doing it all. And I shared with her that I get this question a lot, you know, how are you doing it all? And what do you attribute to your ability to do it all? And my first answer, and this is going to sound silly, but my first answer is always, well, I chose to sell knives when I was 18 years old. <laughs> and everybody has their own opinion about Cutco Cutlery. And I know both of you have been in direct sales and network marketing before. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've kind of adopted the motto of haters going to hate, but <laughs> the experience of selling Cutco Cutlery and then becoming a manager for the company when I was 19 and 20 years old gave me so many skills that completely have transformed my life and things as simple as not taking no for an answer. Like Alex, you just mentioned it. When that first person said, no, sure. It did hurt. You know, I was so excited. And anytime you have an idea, that's like your baby. Like you, you don't expect others to not like it. But what I've learned is that, and this is through Cutco, is that when somebody says no, they're not saying no to me as a human being. They're saying no to my idea. And they're not even saying no that my idea sucks. It's just that my idea isn't the right fit for them. And understanding that has always helped me in just getting the courage to ask. Because another thing I learned is if you never ask, the answer is always going to be no. Mm -hmm. So those are very basic sales skills that I learned through Cutco. But then I mentioned that I was a manager for them when I was 19 and 20 years old. And so what that basically means is that um, Cutco, which by the way, it's vector marketing as well. But I use the name synonymous Cutco is the product vector is the, the company. So um, with vector marketing, after a student or a young person goes through a summer of selling knives, they actually have the opportunity to 
run their own sales office where the company will give them a territory, will give them six to $10,000 of basically startup fund. And then that young person goes out and starts a business from scratch during their summer break. And so at 19 years old, I moved to Long Island and I built a business from zero to $84,000 of sales in three months. And then when I was 20 years old, I did it again in North Delaware. And that summer, we went from zero to $154,000 in three months. Wow. And that experience, I learned how to work with people. I learned how to delegate. I learned how to expand, how to just expand my capacity in general. And I think those experiences have led me to be the person I am today where it's, I'm not necessarily goal oriented, I'm solution oriented. So what I mean by that is, um, I think being goal oriented is important, but oftentimes it can lead to being very impatient. When you're only focusing on the output, it can lead to a lot of frustration because it's never going to be the journey that you think it's going to be. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be moments of questioning and, and adversity. And so rather than being goal oriented, I've decided that I'm going to be solution oriented because what that allows me to do is to always overcome the adversity and to just keep pushing forward in pursuit of the goal, but not, but not just being obsessed with the goal. So in a very roundabout way, that's how it all happened. <laughs> I, there's so many things that I love. Like one, like you said, like Alex and I, we do have a direct sales network marketing background, both of us with two different companies. And we get asked a lot, like what makes our business partnership work so well. And I think for both of us, like when we went into this, we had worked with so many different people, like in our network marketing background. Um, and we were used to being told no, like you said, I, I, that's just like the biggest lesson I feel is like, it's not, it's nothing on you. It's just, it's not for them. Like you said, and it's, it's just a matter of saying next, like, okay, no, next, move on to the next one. Uh, which is exactly what you did with naked networking for your first event. And I'm sure you've done a thousand more times since then, <laughs> like being told no, but moving on to the next, that is just so cool. Um, that you, that you took those lessons and you know, you always, always learn something. If you're not learning anything, you're, you're missing out. Like you're doing for something sure. wrong. <laughs> so what would be some of your advice now running a business and working a full-time job, doing all the things, uh, do you, believe in quote unquote balance? Like what does that look like for you? It's a really good question because I've actually changed my answer over time. And I could go down so many rabbit holes with this, but I'm going to try to stay focused on the actual answer to the question that you asked. So to answer the question that you asked, um, I would say that for me, I believe in harmony over balance. And so rather than, you know, trying to split 50-50 on professional and side hustle or building your business, because that would be quote unquote balance, but then also like, where's the other part about life? So what is it? 33, 33, 33. That doesn't really equate. That doesn't work. doesn't make sense. Um, and you're not going to do great with any of those things. So harmony to me is being able to intertwine it all so that you can still have a life while running a business, while building a business, while being a mom, while being a best friend, while being a wife, while being a fiance. And it's having this harmony. 
And so what that looks like in real life for me is I schedule everything, or at least I try to schedule everything. And there are days when I am focusing 100% of my day on my professional career. There are days when I'm focusing 60% of my day on my professional career and 40% of my day on naked networking. There are days when I'm focused 100% on my husband. And through scheduling everything, I know that my priorities are in line. And so within 24 to 48 hours of my naked networking event, all naked networking oriented duties, tasks, things on my to-do list, they take precedence. But at the same time, within 24 to 48 hours of a conference that I'm flying out to for my corporate position, anything having to do with speech preparation, reaching out, all those kinds of intricacies that go along with that travel trip, that is taking precedence. So I think when you're planning things out, when you're prioritizing things, I live and die on my to-do list um, in a very uplifting and positive way. <laughs> Um, but that's how I create harmony in my life. Um, then to go kind of down the rabbit hole of balance. Um, I used to believe that like, if you were to just operate from a place of flow and alignment, that everything in your life would come to you. And I believed that because I heard it from somebody who was really successful in the network marketing business. And she constantly said, it doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it all and you can do it with ease and flow and alignment and all those things sound really nice, but they're really easy to say when you've already busted your butt to get to the point where you're making a million dollars a year and you can say, okay, now it's time for flow, ease and alignment. And I realized I was falling into that trap when I was becoming more complacent with what I was doing because I was like, well, I want to be in flow or I need to be in flow state, or it needs to be aligned. When in reality, when you're building a business, like you've got to do the dirty work. Like building a business is like raising a baby. You're going to be thrown up on. You're going to be changing. <laughs> like you're going to be doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, but it's all for the life of this baby. Um, and so I've definitely changed my take on flow, balance, alignment, all those very feel good feminine words and realize that there is time for that, which I think is why harmony is the better word for me. Um, but there's also time we have to put your head down. You've got to grind because that's what makes things move. Yes. It's so funny you say that Anna, Laura and I were just talking about that this weekend about the, if you can see me, I'm doing air quotes, the word manifestation, which is really just a fancy word for working really, really, really hard. <laughs> you know, like if you want to live out your dream, it's great to say, I would love to manifest my million dollar mansion and car and dream life and all this stuff, but you have to actually put in the work and work really, really hard in order to- For sure. Yeah. And there it, is an action component to manifestation. Yes. You gotta, yeah. gotta actually do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't just sit there like in, in yogi pose being like, okay, <laughs> where's my million dollars? <laughs> if anyone's figured out how to make that work, please hit me up because- Right. We're here I for it. it. Next I guest. But what you said is so true. It gets lost in translation. And I think a lot of women think it sounds so nice to be in this state of flow, alignment, 
balance, everything is great, manifest. And one thing that even I realized myself is that what balance looks like to you or to Anna Laura or to anyone else is completely different than when balance is going to look like to me. So one advice that we always give our community is that you really have to look inward and figure out like you do, Shelby, like what days are going to be dedicated to your business if you own a business what days are going to be dedicated to your career versus your friendships versus your love life you know versus anything else you have going on so i really love how you touch on that because i think it's so important for women to realize you don't have to do it all on the same day you can definitely spread it out and and kind of figure out like you said this harmony that's going to work for your life and what you have going on for sure. Yeah, and More I think a quick point on that, if I can, um, this might, this won't work for everybody, but it, it might work for a lot of people. I think it's important sometimes to look at your career, like what's like the biggest block that you would have to move in order to really build a business. And usually it's your career. And I don't mean move by like quitting, but you have to work around that, right? Um, I think it's important to look at your position and see what the seasons are. And what I mean by that is, are there busier seasons and are there slower seasons? Are there seasons where there's more travel or there's more office work? And then work your business around that. So like for me, I know that I was originally gonna be um, hosting a really, really large event um, in January of 2020. But that month for me, I'm literally, I was on a plane six times out of the month and gone every single weekend. So it sounded good. It felt good to like have this big event at the beginning of the year with Naked Network. And then I was like, I will literally fall to pieces if I try to do it all. So I moved it to April because that's when my travel season begins to slow down. So I think it's also important to look at your seasons of your professional career and see how you can work around those too. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely more about prioritizing rather than balancing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely love that. So switching gears just a bit, um, since you did just mention flying here, there, and everywhere, I know you fly a lot to lead corporate trainings and you also recently taught a course in the She Shines Academy about public speaking. And that's not just for a Ted talk. It's also for your corporate trainings and in the boardroom. How do you recommend people prepare for their next speech? That's a really great question. I always start out by trying to understand who I'm speaking to. So who is the target audience? And the better I can understand them, the better I can craft a powerful message. It's kind of like whenever you buy any of the Instagram courses about growing your audience, like you have to understand your niche or your niche, however you want to pronounce it. Um, it's the same thing with speaking. So being able to understand what's the audience, what are they looking for? Who are they? Where are they in their life? What do they, what do they need the most right now? And then I think it's also understanding what is the objective of my message. And depending on the environment that you're giving a message in, that objective might be up to you and it also might not be up to you. So if it's not up to you, making sure that you have a clarifying discussion with the conference coordinator or your boss or you know, whoever it is that's giving you the opportunity to speak, 
making sure that you are satisfying whatever objective they're looking for you to accomplish because they brought you there for a reason. Now, if you're in a situation where you get to speak up whatever you want, it's still very important that you clarify whatever the objective of your message is because it allows you to craft a more powerful message when you know the point of the message. So those are my first two tips. And then beyond that, I mean, there's so many different things I can talk about. Um, I think stories are really important. Um, there's a speaker that I follow. Her name's Kendra Hall. She has an amazing book. I haven't read it, but I've heard excerpts of it and I've seen parts of it and it's called Stories That Stick. And she talks all about the power of storytelling in conveying a message. And so, and I also know this to be true because before my TED talk, I bought every single book on giving TED talks and they all <laughs> said to tell a story. So um, I think, you know, once you understand your audience, you understand the objective, I think you should ask yourself, what story can I open up my message with that will help me get to my points in the best way possible? Because that keeps people engaged, it allows them to connect with you, and it also shows them that you're human too. So there's a lot of power behind storytelling. And then I would suggest that after you've gone through your story, that you reiterate the points that satisfy the objective. So, um, you know, I tell a story when, in my corporate role about just my experience in the field as a Cutco sales rep. And I always make sure that I end my message just reiterating the most important points that I wanted everybody to hear. Um, and that those would be my, my most basic tips. Those are, yeah, I know you go into so much more in the Academy course, which is awesome. I know I learned so much going through it myself. Okay. <laughs> yes. And to you ladies listening, you got a serious behind the scenes sneak peek at, uh, Shelby's course in the Academy because she really gives you not only amazing tips to prepare, but a really great blueprint for preparing your next speech, whether it's at an event or work. So one of the questions we get a lot from our community is that they would love to start speaking at events in their local area, whether you know it's a local influencer networking event, but they're not sure where or how to get started. So what advice would you give to people who want to spread their message or share their story at a networking, blogging, local professional event, but they're not quite sure how to go about doing that? Sure. So it's interesting to ask that question because I see it from both perspectives. I see it from being the event coordinator and I see it from being the actual speaker herself. So from a speaker perspective, um, the biggest thing that I do is I showcase the fact that I am slash want to be a speaker. Now, obviously for me, it's a little bit different because I am a speaker already in my corporate position. So it's easy for me to kind of bring people along on that journey but you don't have to have ever given a speech to become a speaker. So with that being said, it's making sure that if you want to be a speaker, put on your Instagram bio, speaker. Um, tell your friends you're a speaker, and if they hear of anything that's going on in the area, to let you know so that you can apply. Write an Instagram post about you being a speaker, here's what you focus on. Just making sure that the people in your community even know that you're a speaker is really important. The second thing, and this is from the perspective of the event coordinator, 
I have people all the time who DM me pitching themselves to me. And I love that because it gives me a surplus of candidates to choose from when I'm looking for panelists. And so the better the pitch, the better chance you have of getting it. And um, I remember for our October event that we had in 2019, I had probably like eight or nine people reach out to me over the course of the first two events saying like, oh my gosh, I have this amazing story. I would love to share. Like, please let me know um, when I can do that. And I let them know like, hey, uh, our next event's October. We'll have a speaker application for that. Please keep an eye out for it. In the meantime, like if this was in between the first and second event, I was like, in the meantime, I would love to see you attend the second event so you can understand how Naked Networking works. Here's your ticket. And not to like be petty at all, but from my perspective, I would much rather bring somebody on stage who has already invested a little bit of time getting to know Naked Networking because it makes me feel so much more confident that they're going to convey a message that speaks to the audience because they've been in the audience before. So with the third event, the speakers that I had on the stage were all women who at one point either bought tickets for the event but couldn't make it or were at the event in the crowd. So they saw it firsthand how it worked. So that was a really big thing that I noticed that I've now started to do that if there's bigger conferences that I would like to get on stage on, you bet I'm gonna be in attendance at them regardless of whether they pick me as, an, as a first time applicant. Um, second thing is that what was interesting was I had all these women reach out to me. And so when I had the panelist applications, I sent them all the application link and out of the seven, eight, or nine people that reached out, like four applied. Yes. And I was like, okay, you're obviously not that serious about this if you're not gonna apply for it. And the questions I was asking were not like rocket science. And then out of the four that applied, one of the, the, the responses was just like one word answers or one sentence answers. And so I have to be critical because I'm really protective of the space that we're creating with Naked Networking. And if someone's just gonna give a one word answer or a one sentence answer and it's going to be grammatically incorrect like that's a reflection how that person's going to show up at the event and so speaker applications are like resumes be careful check your words make sure you make sense and put your heart out there because it's going to allow the conference coordinator to really understand who you are and why you'd be a good fit um and outside of all of that i mean i think for me from like a speaker perspective, I'm just constantly on the lookout for speaking gigs. So I follow a lot of people in the Philadelphia area who host events and I make sure to build a relationship with them. And then I let them know, hey, if you're ever gonna have an event on sales one-on-one, I'm your girl and I'll, I'll totally be there for you. Um, so yeah, that's how I do everything. There, there are so many, like Alex and I are both over here going, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I think the two biggest takeaways that I took from that and ladies, if you are looking to be a speaker at an event, what Shelby said, I think was so, so important, be an active participant in that person's brand, business, job, because it shows that you're actually interested 
in wanting to share your message and share your story rather than just sending a random DM and you're probably sending, it comes off as you might be just sending it to a bunch of people. So I definitely think getting your name out there by showing your support and that you're invested. No, I totally agree, Alex. I, I feel like that applies to also way more than just speaking. I feel like with anything, anytime you're pitching yourself, whether it's like you have an awesome product and you want this, I don't know, influencer to try, or um, even if you're looking to seek advice from an expert in, in the field, like say you want to um, become a photographer, and you reach out to a photographer, like rather than just, Hey, I need your advice on blah, 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 blah. Like show some investment and then make your ask. Like whether it's, Hey, I'd love to treat you to a cup of coffee or <laughs> something, anything like offer something up first and then ask for something like it has to be sort of, I know we we're talking about balance earlier, but in this case, mm -hmm. there actually is a balance of asking and offering. You can't just all be take, take, take. You got to give something first. Yeah. Um, that's great advice, Shelby, for just so many things popped into my head when, when you were talking about that. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing that. We're, we're all about like, no, invest first you know, give first, offer something. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. One thing that you said too, which we realized we have to start doing. And this is, I had a brain fart when I was sharing my <laughs> two of your key take, two of the key takeaways from uh, your advice was that if you are someone who's looking for an event speaker, I think doing some sort of application process or having a contact form is really going to be a great way to sift through the people who are serious about actually speaking at your event. And again, those people who maybe are not sure or are just kind of sliding into a million DMs and missing the fact that, hey, you actually need to put a little bit more meat into your response. You know, you want to know what is the talk about? How does it fall in line with the mission of naked networking or whatever your, you know, relative business might be. So I think that was a great tip. And like I said before, it's something Anna Laura and I realized we had to do because after you do run an event, people reach out to you. Oh my gosh, I would love to get involved. And then it's crickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And, and in that case, like if you are pitching yourself to someone and we all, we all learn this in network marketing, the fortune is in the follow-up yeah. and that is in any business. So if you're reaching out to a million and one people, like you have to also follow up because they're also being reached out and bombarded by a million and one people. So maybe send another message or something to follow up. Like, Hey, did you get my last request? Or just checking in something because until the answer is no, there's still room open. I feel <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah. me. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So we have one more question about your expertise and speeches, and then we're going to end with a little rapid fire round of questioning. So one thing that we really love is that you give speeches, not only, you know, at events with your business, TED Talks, but you also do it at work. And I know a lot of our community is in either the corporate space, office space, or they're giving a lunch meeting perhaps, or, or even a quarterly meeting to their coworkers, what advice would you give to those women on how to run a business meeting at work without losing the interest of their coworkers? Mm. <laughs> That's a really good question. Because I've been that person in a meeting. <laughs> like, yeah. On my so, phone, don't want to pay attention. 
Yeah, I think it has to do with the environment first and foremost. Like, I think it's important that you have the proper expectations of is this going to be a low vibe environment? Is this going to be an excited environment? And if it's a low vibe environment, that's why I think stories make a difference because they have the ability to break the monotony of just facts and figures and kind of bring people back to the room itself because then they're more engaged in finding out what happens. So even if it's a story that doesn't exactly relate, if you can find a way to spin it so that it does set the stage, that could be really, really valuable. Yes. I love this. Great. So ladies, know your environment. Are you in a high vibe or a low vibe environment? And a joke or two (laughs) will not hurt the meeting. Read Um, the room. Yes, that room. So we are going to head into our rapid fire round of She Shines questions. So we have three questions for you. We want you to imagine you're standing in line at Starbucks, you're getting ready to order your grande cappuccino, whatever, whatever your order is. <laughs> and the girl behind you says, Oh my gosh, Shelby from Naked Networking. Um, what's your favorite way to connect with new people? I love Instagram first and foremost. I think it gives the most amount of insights or at least in my environment it does. Um, but then I love meeting people out and about. Love that. And the next question she asks is, how can I create community in my own life or business? Get out there. I mean, the first step is just to get out there into the community itself. As you put yourself out there more, you'll begin to meet women that are like you, that you like and feel comfortable around. And then through that, it'll begin to kind of branch off into little groups of friends that become your community. Love that. And last question, how do you get your fill of girl talk? Mm, I have some amazing friends and uh, it just happened to me on Friday night. I was having a really rough day and at first I was going to miss out on um, going over to my friend's house because I just wanted to go to sleep instead. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring over a bottle of wine. I have three of my best friends there. It's going to be an amazing night. And yeah, it was. I love it. I love it. So tell our audience out there where they can connect with you. Sure. So I'm on all the platforms except for Twitter. Um, So Instagram, you can find me at at Shelby underscore Wildgust. You can also find Naked Networking on Instagram at Naked Networking Events. Facebook is Shelby Wildgust. Um, LinkedIn, Shelby Wildgust. And then my website is www.shelbywildgust.com. Amazing. Again, Shelby, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We'll be sure to link all the awesome resources that you mentioned in the show notes and the blog. So y'all that are listening to this episode, be sure you head over there at sheagshines.com slash blog, and you can read all about Shelby and connect with her even more. She has some amazing advice for us all. We're so pumped to have you on Shelby. Thank you so much. Both of you. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, 
keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.